Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Is that a punk sound? Punk sound. That's the the 7 o'clock on a Tuesday evening sound. (laughs) Hey. Yeah, my cat's going to, she's going to be pissed that her dinner's late. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Hello, everyone. My name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryman. And we just watched Hardcore Logo. Yeah. After a certain age, it's hard to make friends. And I've known Joe since I was 13. It'll be my responsibility again to take care of everybody on the tour. I mean, we've been through shit and we've been through hell and back and we know what it's like and we still survived. Like this is the band, this is a gang. And if Billy's into it and if John and Piper around, I'll be doing it. And if they're interested, they'll be doing it with me. And if not, we'll see what happens. Let's jump right into this. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I don't think anybody, I think most people are like, wait, what What did you watch? I think there's probably like a handful of people who are like, there's, oh, there's gonna, yeah. Yeah, there's going to be some people who know what this movie is. But yeah. yeah. One person who does definitely know is Steven, our Patreon producer who gifted you this episode, Stephen was kind enough to send us Blu-ray copies of the movie because you can't watch it, at least in America, on streaming. Maybe yeah. that'll change. Yeah, no, it's, um, only, it's only available via Amazon uh, physical copies. Uh, yeah. To, like it, it, you can't watch it in the States. That made me afraid because I thought, oh, this is going to be like so super obscure or indie. Uh, it's the director of Pontypool. Mm-hmm. So for any of you horror fans, you you probably perk up. Uh, the director of P- Pontypool, who's done a few other you know notable things, uh, including a sequel to this, which, boy, I'm That's, curious what that is. <laughs> I've, I've read about it, and boy, does it seem like a bad idea. Yeah, I can't imagine it's about the same thing. Um, to sum this up, this is a, a, a movie that I think a lot of people, the, sh- the easiest way to describe it is to describe it as this is Spinal Tap, but it super isn't that. Uh, yeah, it's a faux documentary about a uh, a fictional band um, that starts named Hardcore out Logo. named Hardcore Logo. Uh, yeah, it starts out kind of funny. It's like a it's like a dramedy, and then it gets real real dark as the movie sure goes does. on. Most of the bad reviews are for that reason it's not the reason i want to say it's not spinal tap is because the humor isn't anywhere the humor is very grounded yeah it feels real yes uh in fact i, I was so i i knew going into this it was fake but like when i first saw the cover art and like before i googled it i had no fucking clue what this was it seemed like a documentary on punk there's a lot of those yeah uh, uh, this is a yeah a fake Canadian punk band hardcore logo. Uh, their stand-in song because they didn't write. I, 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 at least it didn't seem like they wanted to write too many songs. Is they they were doing Sonic Reducer by uh, Dead Boys, which delighted me, absolutely delighted me. Uh, and there's so a, there's it's a about, few there's a few original songs in this. Are they original songs? I assumed they were they were just so- covers that I hadn't heard of. Mm-mm, the no. only one I spotted was them doing Sonic Reducer, which no, again, the couple made of happy. like the Who the Hell Do You Think You Are is a song they wrote for the oh, movie. Oh, you're right. Uh, rock uh, and Roll is Fat and Ugly. Someone's gonna die tonight. Like a couple of them are were written for the movie. Yeah, and they're bangers. I liked them. Uh, it, yeah, so it's about this like it's it's this band that hasn't toured in five years. And their idol, um, by the name of oh shit, he had Bucky a great hate. name, Bucky Hate, Bucky Hate, yeah. Bucky Hate, Bucky played, fucking Hate, played by an actor who was in The Witch, Man of Steel, and X Men: The Last Stand. Mm-hmm. He plays. He's in a lot of superhero stuff because he just looks very unique. 
Um, in he the looks, witch, he's he like, like the old timey. <laughs> yeah, he does. In the witch, he's like the old timey colonist that, like, the dad is like, you guys aren't hard enough. <laughs> he, ban- he banishes them. Oh no, wait, he, he doesn't. Ban- they banish them. themselves. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. Because he's like, they're you guys, not you guys aren't, enough. You guys aren't hardcore logo enough. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna go out in the woods and fuck around with this witch. <laughs> um, and so they're getting back together because their their hero Bucky Hate was supposedly shot in the leg, and they had to amputate or both in, legs. or in both legs. It depends on who you're hearing the story from. <laughs> yeah, the story is immediately shaky, uh, and. Uh, so they're doing this reunion after five years and it's sort of like a character study of people from the punk scene who are hitting their mid forties. And so like, you mid, know, there's uh, a lot of people who are mid thirties. Uh, cause the, we hear, um, tor- in, one oh, of the, okay. in one of the last scenes, Billy talent says, uh, I'm going to be 35 next week. If I play this club right. one more time, I'm going to shoot myself. Right. Yeah. Right. They, they mention what are you going to do at 45? But yeah. yeah, you're right. They're hitting. Basically the idea they're is hitting they're, they're hitting middle age, yeah. uh, and they're just this like kind of small town. Uh, well, not they're, small they're, town. They're, they're, big, they're small time. Yeah, they're big, band. but they never broke through that. And and we learned we, that like the lead guy kind of Joe Dick kind of sabotaged them. Right. He he has a line where he's like talking about the guitarist of like what do you say he's a limo and and models kind of guy and i just want want to be a hookers and beer hookers Hookers and and taxi guy yeah uh and uh so this is their reunion they play a good show they make a lot of money for this charity for for bucky uh and they decide fuck it let's go let's hit the road let's do a tour and so they decide to do a kind of reunion tour and during this tour, we really see a lot of like push and pull between these people, their histories, their efforts for recovery, uh, their incredible depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very, very punk. Like clearly this was written and directed by someone who knows punk rock. Yeah. And what I mean is not like a, like someone who knows the scene. Yeah. Uh, and the people. Yeah. Not, it. not, not just a fan necessarily, but somebody who was kind of mired in it. And like, um, the, the lead guy is the lead singer of a band called Headstone. Oh really? He's also an actor. Yeah. No, he, he's uh, been a lot yeah. of shit. Yeah. But like, yeah, yeah I was just like, I, I headstones actually is the name of his band but he's like yeah he's like a legit punk singer right that which surprises me well no it doesn't surprise me rather because what surprised me was that they're actors who have a lot of st- like roles because i was like these guys feel really fucking authentic mm-hmm. uh they they nail it in my opinion they're not not always the best performances i guess in the moment but as this like they really sell it um, they do, I, in my opinion, they do a good job. We haven't even said or asked Tom, how did you like this movie? Um, I liked it a lot actually. <laughs> yeah, me too. I have some notes, yeah. um, but I generally liked it. Um, it, it, man, we'll go through it. I guess we should talk about the story. Cause again, pe- most people haven't, have no idea what this movie's about, right? Yeah. This is, so it is it's important a, to it's go a 1996 it. Uh, Canadian film it's um, apparently very well regarded and well liked in within Canada but uh, that makes sense like I'd never heard of it I don't think you had ever heard of it neither have I yeah Um, and I I'm so glad I watched it I really liked it Um, I mean the moment I knew was from the Pontypool guy I was like this is gonna be really creative and it was Mm -hmm. that's the thing about this movie is that the way it's shot from the cinematography to the editing uh, to the, just like the the moments, the the direction of the characters, really good. It is really really good. Yeah, they do. They're they're able to make these moments. Like for example, there's a scene where they meet uh their their big fan. Like she's the the woman who follows them everywhere and is um what's yeah. her name? Mary. Mary the fan. Mary the fan. Her. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they call and her. they yeah, and she walks up and she's like, "I want you to meet my kid and my husband because it's been a while." Yeah, uh, and the kid is shy and the husband's there and he's not talking, and then um, he meets one of them and then she goes, 
and talks to the guitarist and you don't re- quite like they're talking a little bit but the body language is immediately oh that's his kid <laughs> like it was immediate to me where oh, i was yeah. like that little girl is his kid and they're not saying anything it's just the body language that yeah. they have like stuff like that was really well done um, yeah and it's there's a little bit later where they're at the diner afterwards and and billy asks uh joe he's like did you ever sleep with mary and he's like no nah, right. I, I fucked her in the van <laughs> but like so it's mm-hmm. like the fact that he asks is you know after that scene it really it, it further it kind of like stresses that like yeah that kid's probably his like he's probably that kid's dad yeah um and why so else at- would he ask that question right yeah, as they tour, it's it's basically um, that Joe and Billy, um, who were like childhood friends, and there's a lot of tension between them because Billy is going on to uh, play guitar for a big band called Jennifer, I believe. Yeah, <clears throat> and there's there's that there's this tension of like Joe wanted to be punk. He 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 they they played a big show in New York before they split up and he literally pissed in the record executives drink. Um, and so like Joe doesn't want any of that. Billy clearly does. Uh, and, and got it and they've been friends forever. And now it's like this sort of split between them and this little, will they, won't they of like, are they getting the band back together or is he going to fuck off and join this big band? Mm -hmm. Uh, so there's this constant tension coupled with the fact that whenever they have scenes together, the charisma between them, like the fact they really get along, they really groove. Yeah. Um, and so they do a, a really good job at that where it's like, they're clearly like they're, they're clearly best friends, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's them touring kind of while, while dealing with that tension while dealing with also like their, their other guitarist. <laughs> Is he a guitarist or bassist? He's the bass player. The yeah, jo- bass player. Yeah, Johnny, uh, he, <laughs> loses his pills it's not and things spiral things get real out of control <laughs> like at yeah. first again at first he's kind of this funny character because he's it, we we keep hearing him reading selections from his journal and he's like this really deep thoughtful guy and it's like a little too profound like it's like a, it's like cheesy mm-hmm. a little bit so it's kind of funny he has, yeah he has that like very reformed yeah attitude where it feels like he might have went and joined a cult yeah you know yeah but so it starts out as funny but then as soon as he loses his medicine and it becomes clear that he's i think he's schizophrenic yeah uh, i believe so but yeah it starts getting real dark like he starts saying real dark shit uh just behaving very strangely and it's like it's a and there's just nothing they can do about it they're in the middle of the road you know in in the canadian wilderness so they just well we got to finish the tour i guess we'll i guess we'll get him straightened out when we get back he's a real johnny grenades just dropping (laughs) dropping bombs everywhere like he's just emotionally too he that scene in the mirror where he's looking at them through the mirror and he's just telling them exactly what's wrong with them Mm -hmm. and and it's like he tells one of them like yeah you're after this you're just gonna like work a regular job what are you gonna do stuff like that um it's really it's really well done uh and then, of course, the drummer. Yeah, the drummer's just a maniac. Is, yeah, he's a real drummer. Uh, he's a pure drummer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that's that's the film. They're leading up until the last show, and we learn that this band Jennifer, um, they don't need Billy anymore, right? They like they're like you're out. Yeah. And so then that becomes a thing where Billy's bummed and Joe is like, you and me, man, we'll do this. You know, we'll do our, we'll, we'll restart the band. Um, yeah. Yeah. We see him make like a handshake agreement with each other. Yeah. And then they go and they've there, they have uh, one of their shows gets canceled because the venue is just shut down. <laughs> yeah. This, we're going to talk about that, but this, yeah, a lot of yeah, this yeah. is very authentic to both being in a band and just like touring in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They show up and it's just not there. It's just, it's just closed. doors closed. Yeah. So they go to visit Bucky Hate. Um and we we they show up at their, his door and he has both of his legs. And it turns out that uh Joe just made it up. Um as like what did he just for money, right? He made it up yeah. He, to like he, get he, the tour started. He made it up to 
because he he tells uh, uh, Bruce McDonald, who is a character in the movie, although we don't see him. They keep right. Calling, they keep we referring see him him a as, few times. Yeah, that's true. We do, but they keep calling, referring to him as Bruce. They'll, so they will talk to him directly during the movie. But uh, yeah, he just, he tells Bruce that like, look, there was that's the only way I could get Billy to come to agree to this is if I made the story up. And then like, so you just so what'd you do with the benefit money? It's like, oh, I spent it on the tour. Yeah. So yeah, he just yeah. So he invented this story about Bucky Haight getting his legs shot off so that he would have an excuse to get the band back together and go on tour and he just took all that benefit money. Yeah. Like a real yeah. scumbag. Like a real scumbag. <laughs> but there's an emotional aspect where he wants the band back together. Yeah. It's that it's clear that he this was just all he knows or like the best years of his life. So there's like this sad idea of it, but it then yeah. There's an unforgivable aspect too. Yeah. Um, like any good punk band, this is not like a big moment. Like this isn't, this isn't like, I can't believe it. They just sort of accept this. Mm-hmm. And then Bucky hates like, y'all want to do acid? So they, they, they do acid Bucky and they hates, kill a goat. <laughs> yeah. They do acid. They kill a goat. It's a, it's, it's straight out of like the sequence was very fear and loathing. Yeah. Um, and I want to talk about that because fear and loathing came out two years later. I don't know if. I don't think Terry Gilliam saw this scene, but I, I do think this film's very ahead of its time and a lot of the way it was shot. They do the thing where they put the tight, like the location sometimes mm-hmm. really big on the screen and it looks straight out of like Avengers, yeah. the way Avengers did that. Like, and that's a, that's a new trend right now. Um, it wasn't when this was made. There's certain editing tricks that they do that I was like, damn, they're, this feels modern. Um, yeah. So, they do acid. They kill a goat. Um, Bucky hangs out with Billy the next day and tells him like that he really admires him and gives him his guitar. This is important because Billy previously said that he didn't really like Bucky. Or no. Yeah, Bucky. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Joe, it's like his hero. Bucky's his hero. So Bucky embraces Billy. He doesn't like him. And then he tells Joe that if he ever uses him again, or he basically says, don't come by this way again fuck yeah. you you used me to yeah. get this money so he essentially rejects the guy who idolizes him and embraces the guy who doesn't like him they get the opposite of their arcs yeah um and so uh this is where it starts getting especially dark um the the bassist burns his journal because yeah. he catches them reading yeah, it the drummer starts reading it aloud to make fun of him and yeah he just yeah takes it out and burns it and so they go to their final show, uh, and at the end of the last song, oh no, I'm sorry. They you skip a pretty yeah. There's there's I a- skipped a very important thing is that uh, Billy goes goes to to promote the show at the radio and learns in real time that Jennifer actually does want him. So he he it reverses. He's oh ac- uh, Jennifer actually does want you to play for them after all. Yeah. So he has the unfortunate position of having to tell Joe, like, never mind, we're not doing the band again. I'm going to go off. Um, this is overheard by the filmmaker. By Bruce, who, by Bruce McDonald. By Bruce, who in the interest of like making a juicy story. And also because he's mad at Joe. Yes, like, the yes, char- he is. The character of Bruce McDonald, the film's director, is angry at Joe. Yep. <laughs> and this is this is really cool because it's a cool way of, yeah. Because for the first part of this, I was like, I don't think this needs to be a documentary. I think they're doing it because of the budget. Yeah, obviously, but that's then, a big reason for it, sure. Yes. But then this moment is a commentary on documentaries. Mm-hmm. And so he breaks it to him on camera before Billy can talk to him. Like an and asshole, he says, too. Like, like he, an asshole. Yeah, he yeah. says, how, what, how do you feel about Billy leaving the band is how he breaks it to Joe. And Joe's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. And he just re- and then Bruce just repeats the question verbatim. Like he doesn't yeah. even, he doesn't elaborate. It's just it's very yeah. <laughs> and so then it's, uh, uh, they, it's, it's ruthless. It is ruthless. <laughs> they they play their last show, and on the last song, um, uh, 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 fucking um, Joe 
attacks Billy, mm-hmm. uh, and they start fighting in the audience. It's very punk rock. While the bassist starts doing slam poetry, yeah, he start- he's also painted his face. He looks like a member of the Addicts. He's like all white. He's, he's wearing pa- underwear. He's painted himself white, and he's just reading this terrifying poetry. Yes, and the club <laughs> is silent. Yep, as they're just fighting. Yeah, so um, and the crowd is just confused. <laughs> like yep. the drummer's just sitting back there like what's happening? What's <laughs> See, this is it's a great shift because basically the drummer who is the dope at the beginning yeah. is the only person in the show who basically stands up, he gets the mic away from the bassist yeah. and goes Thank you all very much. He's in this moment. He is the smartest person in yeah, the room. He's the only one who has the presence of mind that oh, we're still professionals doing a job. We need to yeah. uh, we need to get ourselves off the stage. Yeah. Uh, and so then we have the interview um, with Joe outside. He's pacing. He's very drunk. Um, he grabs two glasses, uh, which was interesting because I think he was he's initially I feel like he's looking for Billy. Yeah. Um, and it's very sad. Uh, it's very dark because he's out there. He's pacing. He has these two um, glasses drinking out of the bottle. Uh, you can hear the crowd as they're leaving the club. Everybody's making fun of him. Right. It's also the rumor is starting. It's they're starting to get exposed that they lied. Yeah. About um about Johnny bu- Hate. Uh, yeah. So, Bucky Hate. Bucky Hate. Bucky Hate. And of course, um, <laughs> I love that Joe before the show announces that Bucky is dead. Just out of spite, <laughs> um, which was very funny. He's such a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, he's such a jerk. Um, and so he's pacing outside. He takes the two glasses. He gives one to uh, Bruce. Our, our, to Bruce, our director. Uh, they pour drinks. He says cheers, and then he shoots himself. Yep. Uh, and the film ends. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's very dark. For a movie that starts very lighthearted, it ends super duper dark. And I would argue that is a problem with every movie about punk. Yeah. Um, like, I th- always think of SLC punk. Um, even even Green Room ends very n- in a nihilistic, nihilistic way. way. Well, that's, that is... That's both my problem with the movie and also I can't really... Fault exactly. the movie for ending this way because that's the story of this stage of punk rock. Exactly. Like, like this is the only I, reason. I know why. The only reason Gigi Allen didn't kill himself on stage is because he died before he, he died. got the chance to. Like, yeah. that's and the story it, and, and, and of you, so many of these guys. Yeah, they start. Gigi Allen's a good example. He was born Jesus Christ Allen. Lived in like a cabin with like incredibly abusive and religious family, and then was just wound up and let go, and nobody stepped in Mm-mm. and said we need to help this person uh, because it was too punk rock. It was pretty punk rock to watch yeah. him shit and cut himself on stage. Yeah, uh, people watched him do that. Oh yeah, yeah. I told you, uh, the Murder Junkies without Gigi Allen played with my friend's band. And this was like maybe 10 years ago. So they're all old. Yeah. And they, their drummer got naked on stage. And you could tell he almost like didn't want to. It's like Guar coming out in costumes. They were like, <laughs> well, one of us, we got to get naked. We're the murder junkies. So uh, let's do this. <laughs> draw <laughs> yeah, straws yeah, beforehand. That. Yeah. Yeah. It, it felt like that. It was just like, all right. Let's and that's, do kind of, it. that's what this movie's about. Yeah. Yeah. It's about that, the older stage of punk rock. And I guess what I was going to getting to is the ending. It's the fact that punk rock is so nihilistic and so many people who got not out of it, but who got old, mm-hmm. um, this sort of ending where he blows his brains out after a show. It's what a lot of punks imagined was going to happen to them. Yeah. Um, because statistically it, it could. Um, and so that's why most of these movies are very nihilistic because it's a very nihilistic uh genre and everybody fantasizes or thinks about this sort of thing in in this genre so it makes sense i at the 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 movie person in me thinks this really should have been a happy ending it's it's or too n- or just not ended like that cuz that's like it's also, such it's such a a film student way to punctuate a story like this it's like oh just have the main character kill himself at the very it's end the, and then just a, it's, yeah. the, it's the thing they cut out of clerks 
It's the, exactly. I was about to say that yeah. because also it's the worst executed scene. Yeah. Because they don't have the budget to have this happen. So he clearly just points a gun to his head and they make a gunshot sound and like blur the camera away. And it just doesn't, it just doesn't look good. And it's literally the last like five seconds of the movie. Yeah. It's very, it's um, very abrupt. And it's also, I would argue we have way too long of this third act of darkness that it's like, it doesn't quite work for like movies still kind of need an arc. Mm -hmm. Most movies, most characters, and it just kind of, they do a lot of interesting things to set up their arcs. The idea that this guy's hero tells him to fuck off and tells his friend he's great. Stuff like that. I was like, this is a really cool dynamic. I would have rather seen the work of them getting us to a happier place at the end than just doing, because I thought this guy was going to blow his brains out from the halfway point, maybe even earlier, you know, mm -hmm. they, they even foreshadow it in the acid scene. So it was like, I, this, it, that's the other issue is it, it didn't surprise me. It was the natural next step of everything. So it was, it seems more interesting to have that character come out of the darkness or at least just embrace it. Yeah. Or it, it, the, it does make the movie feel kind of, or the story feel kind of incomplete. Um, yeah, because the whole his whole arc is about how he doesn't know what he's going to do when he gets older. Um, and it all seems to be leading towards that. And so I would have rather seen the opposite. Sorry, what were you going to say? I, no, I, that, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't oh, okay. remember. Um, I think I was just going to uh, just, I don't know, elaborate further on that, on that yeah. same idea. Uh, it, just not. Yeah, it's just. But again, like you can't really fault the movie because like we said, it is, it's, it's kind of true to life for a lot of people that were in this scene. It's the realistic ending. And like we said, it's, it's, you can kind of see it coming from the halfway point, maybe even earlier. I, I'm interested to watch this movie again, knowing how it ends and just seeing mm -hmm. how, how much of that comes through this character in this character's performance uh, throughout the movie. I bet a lot of it does. Cause yeah, I, I'm, sh I'm sure he like suspected this tour was going to end one of two ways yeah uh, exactly they they ask him what he's going to be at 45 and he sort of says like well that depends on my alcoholism um and it's a very nihilistic answer mm -hmm. um he has this he has this combination and this is why he feels so familiar is he's such a good bullshit artist um in that he will always implant a little vulnerability and truth to what he says but not quite tell the truth yeah um they ask him like are you jealous that your friend is uh playing in a bigger band and he's like honestly i am but not because it's a big band like he, he like he qualifies it that um, might be true and, though it's because it, but that's that's the beauty is it's hard to tell because it um, seems like his issue really is like it, it you can see that he feels guilty about sabotaging the band Right. Uh, it, maybe it's mostly selfish because he's done nothing with his life since then. Right. Like he's just like him and the other, the two two other members of the band have just kind of been sitting around uh, since he sabotaged them. But uh, Billy has been continuing on in his career as a musician. So right. I, I think part of it is he he feels guilty and wants to get the band back together. Uh, but it, but it's also because. He, he doesn't ha yeah like we said he doesn't have any idea what he's gonna do like he doesn't have anything else in his life it's very um it's um, honestly very like planes trains and automobiles mm -hmm. like it's it's this sad sad guy sort of tricking people into being around him yeah um but unlike that movie it it ends with yeah him blowing i would rather yeah i would have rather have it and yeah i don't it's again it's hard to fault the way the movie ends because it's it's realistic but like i would have preferred to see him actually finally be honest with his bandmates and and just be like look i don't i don't have anything in my life right. like i've got nothing and so again, i think it, when he says he's jealous of billy playing in in this big band i, I it's probably true that it doesn't really I think he's just jealous of Billy being in any other band than with him. Right. Yeah, that's true. It, it, and then again, with the end, it's so tough with the ending because the ending also speaks to the idea of exploitation and filmmaking. Yeah. That he has a drink with the director 
who is responsible for his his suicide essentially yeah that who who really who really fucks him uh for the sake of because he's angry because he, he's mad and because it'll make a more interesting movie yeah yeah exactly and he's i and mean so, he, he asks he's like the the character joe says to the character bruce who is bruce mcdonald the director yeah. of the film he says did you get everything you needed yes yeah he says did, did you have a good time did you get everything you needed and he's like yeah and so that's when he just he's like all right all right here um, we go yeah uh yeah exactly it's it's um in, incredibly dark um it it's not like that's the difference between this and the ending of clerks is the ending of clerks it felt like i i also get in the ending of clerks it's like the idea of he's having the worst day so what's the worst thing that can happen but it felt very out of the blue this feels more natural um mm-hmm. but and so like yeah i'm sort of advocating for them to do the unnatural thing which is find an exit for this character that is a little more hopeful and it's mainly because the third act is so dark that you kind of need that mm-hmm. um like if you're not interested in punk i don't know why you'd watch this film yeah like it, it that is a big part of this uh, well i think if you like filmmaking you should watch this because they do again a lot of very interesting things um it's shot like a documentary but the filmmaker some of the shots are shit you like are really good the stuff where like he's sticking his head out the top of the van, mm-hmm. all the uh, um, all the uh, interstitial stuff with the road, and it's just like this road that's turning on a on like a um, I don't know what you would call on a, it on a little wheel, yeah, on the, a little wheel. It's like yeah. a it's like a ream, like a like yeah. a and it and it's just a it's a model road that's spinning, and they put a little van on it, yeah, and it looks really cool. There's the split screen stuff that's kind of ahead of its time. That scene um, that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie when it's all four of them and like Brady Bunch split screen uh yeah. and you can hear them all but the audio is mixed down for the other three and it'll focus on one and they're all talking about their family dynamic basically and they're all they all mm-hmm. have the same idea of of what the band is like the band which all is, means the same thing to them which is why they're all on the screen at the same time yep uh and yeah that that's yeah the the sound design is beautiful like mixing because you're right it sounds like four people talking but you can always hear you can one clearly of them. hear clearly. one of them yeah 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 uh that's and cool like as the shit. split screens the split screen like <laughs> rotates in yep. one part um it's like the yeah for something that's made in the 90s it feels like it was edited on a computer where you could do a lot of this stuff easily uh it's just very dynamic in the way it's shot um stuff like when they're doing acid they like start tossing the camera to each other Mm -hmm. because again it's all it's not it's all still a documentary style so there's no like hallucinations it's just edited in this way that's just really fucking manic and weird uh and it's really 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 well done and again the actors it's just they're they're they really sell it um joe really sells it yeah, he's great. Uh, yeah, he's fantastic. He, he's he's apparently he's apparently on Yellowstone, and he co-created that Jeremy Renner show, Mayor Mayor of uh, <laughs> Kingstown, or whatever it's called. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah, I'm and glad, he's apparently uh, still playing in his fucking band. Like he's killing it. Yeah, I'm, I don't. I don't. I'm never gonna watch any of those shows. Not because they're bad, but because when the hell am I gonna watch those? Uh, but. Uh, I'm glad he's secure, you know? Uh, yeah. That's, that's great. Good for yeah, him. That was the that was the thing that was shocking about this, because, again, it all felt so authentic that not only were there the actors uh, went on to do stuff, but, like, they're all doing good. Uh, you know, they're all, they all got stuff, uh, and that's pretty, I don't know, that's pretty it's neat. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did not, I, I was so pleasantly surprised by this yeah oh and the shot sorry i'm just going through my notes <laughs> the shot when they're outside of the closed venue and they add the boom operator into the shot and so it's the it's like this match cut thing where they just keep cutting as they're fighting yeah and the filmmaker is in the van because he doesn't want to go out in the cold and then the poor boom operator is out there just desperately trying to get them all yeah. while they're screaming at each other yeah it's, it's um it's pretty great yeah and that uh, that again that says something about the director he mm-hmm. is 
essentially the villain of mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't want to leave the van. Like, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, he's, he's, he's chef at Apocalypse Now. Yeah, he's he's like, he's subtly sinister. They don't really, he's never a character. Um, it's just showing that he's sort of, it's not that, until the end, he's not pushing them towards anything, but he's just observing it like you would animals in the wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not getting involved. Um, even if he should as a friend, you know? Yeah. Because it begins with them kind of like really liking him and trusting him. Yeah. And, and then, he and then basically they get, they just get more and subtly more an- betrays them. Yeah. They get more and more antagonistic towards him yeah. uh, as the film goes on. Because, yeah, he starts he starts kind of being uh, the bad guy. Like right. uh, in the scene where uh, Pipe Fitter, which is a great fucking name, uh, yeah. he's the drummer, is reading Johnny, the bass player's journal. Uh, they're filming that Johnny's behind him and they're not saying anything. They're not intervening. They're just letting it happen. Yeah. Uh, even though they're aware that, you know, Johnny ha- is, uh, has a, a serious, uh, 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 disorder that he's not being medicated for, uh, and that this is not good for anyone <laughs> to let this continue. Right. Um, they film him yeah. when he, f- when he burns his journal, mm-hmm. like there it, it's, yeah, it's no one, no one's stepping in. Um, because that wouldn't make for good documentary. Yeah. yeah. And then and, and then of course in the in the finale directly uh influences uh the events. Yeah. He fucking uh The only time they do and it's yeah. in a negative way. Yeah. Yeah, cuz you could argue maybe he was like you said he was probably already thinking about this. Um but he makes sure Joe finds out about it in the worst possible way. Yeah, right in before a way where, they go on stage too. Yeah, and where he can't you know, where Billy doesn't get to tell him in his own words or explain it, you know, like he, they make it, they make it seem like they didn't, they make it seem like Billy told them and not that they overheard it. Right. Um, Cause we don't even really know what Billy's plans are. Like we don't yeah. know if he's totally we never done see Billy again. No, yeah. not after the fight. We don't know if he's totally done with Joe, if he's just going to do this, he, if he's going to do both bands, people do that. Yeah. Uh, it's like, we don't, we don't ever get to hear him actually say what he thinks about it or what his plans are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, that scene where they show up and the club is closed. That was when, uh, it's really well done too. Yeah. It's such a good scene, but it also reminded me of uh, something that actually happened to me and Adam Todd Brown and Jeff May and Alex Schmidt. When we were on tour a couple of years back, we got to this club and I forget where it was. But the person who booked it went to jail. <laughs> so, like, nobody knew what was going on. <laughs> and, like, nobody really knew where to set up or anything. And, like, I, I'm pretty sure we still haven't been paid for that show. Like, yeah. shit like that happens all the time, it's, especially when you're doing, like, a, D, uh, a DIY uh, a tour like that. Oh, absolutely. It's just, like, it's just, like. Uh, verbal agreements and handshake agreements and very often you'll show up and it's just like a complete f- shit show and nobody right. knows what's happening right yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah I, i've shown up and you know some we i've done shows uh back when uh i was in a punk band um we've done shows at like a restaurant in the middle of dinner service Oh, I love those like, shows. Those like, are my favorites. It's, it's just like nobody knows what's happening and nobody nobody's talking to anybody. So it's like, like we literally got on stage and I, I, I literally said, we're about to ruin your nights. And then yeah. we started playing. Because it yeah, was all these people just eating dinner. Like, who the fuck like, are these guys? Yeah. Coming up here with, What are we doing here? Yeah, I, bet I was at a show like that that was a roadhouse, and so half of it was like a restaurant bar, and they had a stage, and there was like a mosh pit and stuff. It's like, have you seen, like, oh, oh God, yeah. That's my favorite punk shows, where it's like church basement, oh, yeah. or like in a Denny's or something, where it's like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is happening? In a deli, I've played in a deli before. Yep. I've played in yep. more than one deli. <laughs> uh, you know, you play in people's houses. Out oh in the yeah, middle of like basement some, show. Some fucking peninsula. I, you know, I don't even had... know where. Like MapQuest doesn't even know where you are. All right. Fucking <laughs> like... uh, house parties are great. Yeah. I've, I've, yeah. Those are perfect. I think. Yeah. When it's like yeah, 
you're in a basement and there's like 50 people and there's no barrier between mm-hmm. the band and the people and it's just honor system yeah the the house this one house we played at was pretty cool it had a it, it literally had like a secret passageway like it was an old it was, it was an old like mystery house and it had a secret passageway that everybody so just kept Scooby-Doo walking is gonna show up yeah it was a fucking scooby-doo house yeah i love in this that because again <laughs> Joe t- takes twenty thousand mm-hmm. and to put in their tour, and then he rents a van. That the first thing that happens in the van is the truck. Yeah, pipe fitter's foot up. falls through it. Yeah, through there's a hole that's covered by the rug. Uh, beautiful, beautiful van. Yep, it's a it's a it's a tremendous van. Mm-hmm. And then he gets a, like well, not like planes, trains, and automobiles. This is like a different John Hughes uh, road trip movie, Dutch. Uh, they get, uh, Joe gets all their money stolen by sex workers. Right. <laughs> he sure does. Mm-hmm. Even though that's just a hundred bucks, which I guess is like a million in 1996 money. Um, well, I think it was more, thing- it's, it was more, it was all the rest of the cash that wasn't given up as per diem. So like, remember for the last two stops on the tour, they can't stay in hotels anymore because they don't have any more cash. Right. And, right. and pipe fitter won't give them his per diem. I think right. he's the only one that has a per diem left and he won't give it to them. <laughs> <laughs> I also really liked um because they do like the they do like how many miles or I guess kilometers yeah. they've gone and then one of the tallies that they keep cutting to is cigarettes. Yeah, how many cigarettes, yeah. And that that was really good because I don't know, that reminded me a lot of um my friend wrote a book called Sh- Driving with Shannon which not uh, not easy to find anymore but it was about being a punk in the 80s it was based off him being a punk in the 80s and they're doing a road trip and like one of the things they're constantly talking about is cigarettes like they're talking about ammunition during a war where it's like okay if we go here we can get this much money to get another pack of cigarettes because it very is much is like i remember that i remember that it was constantly like okay we need to get cigarettes how do we get cigarettes yeah man we can't not have cigarettes so like this this tallying of cigarettes felt very familiar to me in general too with punk rock um yeah it's this is clearly made by someone who knows knows this world yeah uh yeah and and (laughs) punk in the 90s it's just a great era to do something like this because it's yeah the party's kind of over yeah uh not kind (laughs) of yeah the party (laughs) is over it is emphatically it it came back it came back it came back a little bit yeah but like um, for for this era of punk, yeah, by 1996 it was emphatically over. Yeah, so it's just what what happens when the party's over, um, and that and that is like yeah, it's it's it can be dark times. Mm-hmm. It can be very dark times for some people, you know. Yeah, the punkest of people tend to that my friend who who is he's he's fine. He's a perfectly fine individual, but he. Uh, he has dentures because he was like during this time i didn't brush my teeth because i thought i'd be dead by this age uh and it's like well guess what like that's that was that was a factor yeah it's which is that everybody in their 20s during the punk era was like we're all gonna die anyway Mm -hmm. man and then you hit 35 and you're like oh shit yeah there's very (laughs) much this i i mean i went through it too 100 percent. like i was like fuck it i'm not gonna make it to 30 so who cares and then yeah there is this mentality where it's you know obviously it's very it's very dark and nihilistic and you know we're all fine people now but like at the time you're like fuck i fucked up and lived too long right and then when you hit and then you hit that point and you're like well, now I want to live even longer if yeah, I can. Yeah, it's like being like, being nihilistic stops being. I mean, it was never it it was never an affectation. Uh, I mean, I, I'm I, it is for it is for some people for sure. Uh, but for yeah, somebody, I think, I think it is to an extent. To yeah. an extent for some people, but for somebody like Joe in this movie. And for like, you know, uh, um, like a lot of me and my, fr- my friends and in our yeah. scene, like it wasn't really like, it was like, it's, uh, I don't know. So when you get, I don't, it's not it's this line that you're walking yeah. where it's like, am I going to go over the edge or am I going to try to climb back up? And it's to some extent, and you don't have to like, that's, that's what always bugged me about the ending of SLC punk, where it was like, it's not one extreme or the other. Yeah. Uh, you can, you can be like like that's what um uh uh hate bucky hate kind of represents is like he's not not a punk 
he's just like he's gotten older he's just and living so on a he farm. Goes, yeah. He's just living <laughs> on a farm doing acid he's and chilling he's out. Like, yeah, he's just chilling out from the scene, but he's still very much into punk and yeah. acts like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's not a there there's it's an, not a yeah. I, there's there's it's it's attractive when you're a certain age to to really especially if you have problems with depression or other uh, other uh, possible mental illnesses and like the nihilism of it's really appealing and then when you get to a certain age it's like man like just being nihilistic in part as an excuse to avoid dealing with any of this stuff that I'm feeling. Right. It's not just starts to become really untenable. (laughs) Yeah. It's nihilism. And also like, you know what? That's okay. And fuck everybody for saying it's not. And there's, there's definitely positivity in there. Yeah. Um, Punk is very progressive usually when it comes to stuff like LGBTQ Mm -hmm. and racism, because it's the same attitude across the board, Yeah, which is like, you are who you are. And if you've been kicked out of your house or or you you've been you've been bullied uh fuck those people yeah but there's definitely this aspect of this overall glaze of nihilism and sort of hatred towards the world and the system it's a band-aid it's not a solve yeah and uh, there's always a place for it i think there's always that there's like i i would say that attitude has always stayed in a part of me Mm -hmm. as i got older you just have to sort of you know, sort yourself out. You gotta out. be a little more responsible. Yeah. Especially if you're doing... Uh, see, I was never in a punk band. I, I lived with a punk band. But, and, you know, that was fun. Um, but I never uh, was in one. And that's a whole other thing, which is that, like, when do you stop doing that? Maybe never. You don't have to stop. But for a lot of punk bands, I always, like... I, I've seen so many British punk bands, and I always wonder about them bands like the business and cox bar i've seen them in, while they're like nearing 60 and they can't possibly be making a living as that band but they're popular enough to do tours mm-hmm. so it's like what we, what a weird like twilight they exist in yeah where they it's it's very much like mickey rourke and the wrestler you know <laughs> where where it's like they probably have day jobs probably uh but then they probably like take a few months off and go do this tour um, and it's just such a weird line to walk, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad they walk it because I like seeing them. Yeah. You can but do yeah, you it, can do both, Joe Dick. Yeah, but it is very much a genre of music that is rooted in being young. Rooted in, in being young with a devil may care uh, nihilism, like yeah. living as fast and as hard as I can because tomorrow doesn't matter. And Right you can't that's a, it's unsustainable <laughs> right I mean, a, I would also, yeah. it's not special to punk too by the no, way it's i'm not. sure there's, it's, no, there's many genres um but we're just we are talking about punk because we're talking about this movie so yeah yeah i just didn't want people to feel like yeah it's like special or something no 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 uh it's metal a, and rock and plenty roll and, plenty of of young, and young people in in music and in entertainment have this attitude yeah it's true for every genre except for ska. Yeah. <laughs> ska, ska is just about holding on to precious life, I feel like. <laughs> Clinging to life with your teeth. <laughs> every ska song is about being 68 and playing in a ska band. <laughs> Gonna play in a ska band until I'm 75 years old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why Real Big Fish is called Real Big Fish, because they're talking mm-hmm. about the big old fish they're going to catch. Yeah, exactly. They're gonna take pictures of yeah. it. <laughs> uh, I okay. I, I I don't know if I have anything else to say yeah, about no, this. No, not really. It just this really this movie. Yeah, this is a movie made for people like me. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, that's the thing is I can't really say like if someone walked out of this and been like that fucking sucks, I'd be like I get I kind of get it because here's here's the other thing about a fake documentary. Mm-hmm. I did want to talk about this at the top of it is that. When you make a fake documentary, uh, people expect it to be like found footage, like, like, ooh, there's ghosts or like Spinal Tap where it's like, this is over the top. This is like ridiculously realistic. Mm -hmm. And so you can ask yourself like, what the fuck is the point of this? Just make a real documentary about a punk band. You know what I mean? Um, well, you have a specific narrative and theme and thing you want to talk yeah. about. Yeah, no, I, get I guess it. what I'm, yeah, what I'm saying is that there's not many 
docu- mockumentary dramas out there. Um, and if you don't care about it, then I can like about punk. You, I could see someone watching this and be like, okay, so it's just about a band that broke up yeah. and one guy died, but it's fake. So like, who cares? Like, I can very much see that attitude of like, oh, so it was fake and it just made me feel bad. All right, fuck you, movie. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's. I think if you're specifically into punk, this will appeal to you. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe if you're not into punk, this will still appeal to you. It's mm-hmm. very well made. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a very good drama, like comedy drama. Um, my biggest note is the last 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and again, everything before that I enjoyed. Can't fault the ending, but the ending also feels kind of, you know, kind of melodramatic, mm-hmm. kind of film schooly. Yeah. But boy, I got to see the rest of this Pontypool guy's stuff. I think I've only seen this in Pontypool of his. Yeah. They mention a couple of his other films in the movie while they're making fun of him. They do. Yeah. They also mention this is pon- uh, Spinal Tap, mm-hmm. uh, which I was glad they did because it was like, people are going to make that comparison. Yeah. Might as well get get ahead of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Well, cool. Well, that's uh Yeah, I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> I was looking up his next film just because I was curious. Um, I don't think I've seen any of those. Oh, I wanted to see Dreamland. This doesn't matter. Hey, hey, Steven, thank you so much for sending us this movie uh, and, and having us watch it. I'm really glad I watched it. Uh, yeah. I think it was really, really fascinating film. Yeah, it's a good movie. Apparently the sequel is about uh, a person claiming to be possessed by Joe's spirit. <laughs> okay, well, I guess I will see that. 37% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, that's a shame. Mm, it's it is not was not a well received sequel. Yeah, kind of right. kind of seems like how do you make a sequel to this movie? Yeah, the answer is you don't. The answer is it you was don't. Also, it was also made in 2010, so it was made way way, way later. Way after the fact. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, listen, listen, we have a Patreon. We sure that's do. How this was that's how this was done. Yeah. And if you uh, go to patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed you can find for five dollars a month just five one dollar bills little old dollars we have several exclusive podcasts like tom and jeff watch batman and fox Mulder is a maniac we also have a semi-exclusive podcast with the small beans network star trek the next futurama and Spielboys. those are all on there for a little more money you can watch movies with us every friday night uh on on that's through our discord we also have a discord we never talk about the that's discord. true we, we never a, talk about the discord we a, yeah we have a very active discord we do so you check it's that a out cool too. community that you get to be a part of i think at any tier yeah i think at any tier I uh, well <laughs> so, starting at the five dollars starting at starting the five, at the five dollars, dollars you get access to our discord you get a bunch of exclusive exclusive podcasts uh, a whole community there. Check it out. Yeah. We also have a store. Head over to GameFleetUnemployed.com. You can find a link to our Teespring store where we have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs for t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all kinds of shit. So look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Mm, <laughs> and enjoy your Thanksgiving. I think this is, is our this Thanksgiving episode. Is Thanksgiving? Is it? It's coming out the 25th of November. Is that Thanksgiving, That is Thanksgiving, Tom? Dave. <laughs> <laughs> that that doesn't make any sense. I mean, if maybe I don't know when it's it's not on Canadian Thanksgiving, so. Mm-hmm. But the point is, I hope you listen to this with your family mm-hmm. around a steaming yam, mm-hmm. a steamed yam, big old steamer. big old log of yam. <laughs> <laughs>